astrology, feng shui, tarot, crystals. We've all heard about these practices, but what does it all mean? Each week, Mom and me will dive into these topics to present them in an easy, digestible 20 minutes. From full moons to celebrity charts to even red doors, Mom and me will share personal, shocking, and wow factor stories. Welcome back to another episode of the Mom and Me Astrology Podcast. My name is Kate Wind, and joining me is my mom, Mary Swick. Good afternoon, Kate. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You know what? I'm kind of sad today. Kind of sad. I'll admit I had a tear or two when I heard that the queen died. I I know. know, And and of course, we're recording this, obviously, on uh, September 8th. Right. uh, uh, Just shortly after we've gotten the notice of the queen passing. I know. So this is pretty crazy. So we had originally had it on our calendar to record today at one o'clock. Yes. And you called me this morning at nine and I thought, okay, why is mom calling? Like we already have it on the podcast going, uh, later this afternoon. And, you know, I had not like looked at my news yet. I was still just up preparing my clients for the day. And you said, I saw an astrologer predict that the queen is going to pass in the next two hours and if that is going to happen, I think we should push the podcast back just so we have a clearer idea of what's going on. And I was like, whoa, like, whoa, like it just seemed to progress so quickly. And so I had gotten on a call with my client shortly after then at 10 o'clock. And by the time I had finished that call, the queen had passed. I know. And that was just you know, and then when I asked you about it, like, okay, what, what did this astrologer say that they, you know, broke it? They got it down to the, the hour, essentially, yeah. that they had passed yeah, away. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And then you clarified that, oh, the astrologer said the, the next few days. But, <laughs> you know, but, you know, what it was so imminent when, when I saw the logic of what was lined up in her chart, it was like, you know, nobody wants to say, and it's not, it's not my specialty. I don't think it's your specialty to focus no. on when someone's going to pass. But for those who are interested, I would like to sum it up very quickly here yeah. that the secondary moon and transiting Saturn both lined up exactly in the sky together. Now that would, that's rare for the most part, mm-hmm. but it happened when they lined up together, they were exactly on the queen's Mars. And uh, that, that is not good. Saturn on the Mars is always a sense of uh, not having, being weak, being weakened, not right. being strong, not being vital. So because she is her age, mm-hmm. because, you know, we already knew that she was not doing well by the media, right. that, that was like, oh yeah, someone's probably not going to make it past this. And that set off that combination, the secondary moon, the transiting Saturn on her Mars, which naturally just natally opposes her Neptune and squares her Saturn in midheaven. That's a lot of tension, right? So that's not an easy configuration for anyone. It is say anyone, I would say you're going to have a very challenging time. Absolutely. You know, uh, when you get someone 
not in the best health, of course, that's the first domino that oftentimes one thinks of. Right. So today's podcast is going to be dedicated to the queen. Uh, We will be using her birth chart to, of course, learn about the queen, but also hopefully um, if you're listening and you have some of these things in your chart, you can learn about yourself. So uh, the queen was born on April 21st, 1926 at 2.40 a.m. in London. Mm -hmm. I think what's also interesting is we've talked about the eclipses at lengths on previous podcasts and we've been talking about the queen for some time because the eclipses have been on the Taurus and Scorpio axis and uh, the queen has her midheaven at 25 degrees of Scorpio so we were talking about her I know already uh, earlier this year in May May. yeah (laughs) yeah in May yeah and uh, then she has her let's see her son Zero degrees Taurus. Um, zero degrees Taurus, which we have another eclipse coming up here. We're already in the window to be feeling it on October 25th. We haven't done a podcast about it yet, so we probably do need to put this on our calendar to go into the eclipses a little bit deeper uh, that we're coming up on, but on October 25th. So we're just a little, oh my gosh, you know, 40 days out, mm-hmm. 45 days out, right? Activating right. her son. Absolutely. And the sun is her identity, a new, a new identity and a change in her persona, a change in how we look at her Um, uh, and all the celebrations and memorial services. That's exactly what they're going to do for the next 45 days plus. But I'd like to back up to just the idea for all Tauruses and for all Scorpios, we can learn something from this Mm -hmm. because the um there's a rotation going on with eclipses they're always uh, kind of hanging out in a certain sign for about 18 months to two years and since the fall of 2021 since november specifically of 2021 and completing in october of 2023 tauruses and scorpios everyone that's quite a few people we're talking about here are in transition they're in some sort of transition now we're gonna go positive with this meaning they're in transition to a new height yeah a new job a new relationship right yes right they're recreating themselves now maybe they have to right that's the only thing sometimes people they're looking forward to it, can't wait for the opportunity. Other of us are going like, oh gosh, I don't want to change. So there's a rebirthing going on. This is kind of like, okay, you're the Phoenix now. You're going to go on to the next level. Mm-hmm. So because Charles, right, her son, who's going to become king, evidently, uh, he is a Scorpio mm-hmm. and the queen is a Taurus. Mm-hmm. And here we have in tandem with each other, they're, they're click and clack, right? Right. <laughs> right. One's changing, the other one's impacted as well. Right. So this transition has really been underfoot since November of 2021, and uh, will go through October of 2023. So that that's again, don't don't be scared if you're a Taurus or a Scorpio. I'm a Scorpio. I feel like I'm seeing it already in yeah. my life. But the idea is, it's a new beginning, and so. In this respect, it's very natural. It's a natural time for the transition for those two individuals specifically, but also for all the other Tauruses and Scorpios out there. Yeah. When I think her health has been in speculation in the media since Mm -hmm. November of 2021, for sure. And of course, Mm -hmm. this is 
and kind of hard just because of her age. You know, right. again, does it take an astrologer to say, <laughs> oh, 96 yeah. years old, you might pass soon? Um, not necessarily, but right. the idea of like, you're saying, okay, all Scorpios, all Tauruses, I mean, you're halfway through the energy. We think it started oh, in November okay. of 2021. It's ending in October of 2023. So like, yeah, like mom said, if you're a Scorpio Taurus listening, don't be fearful. You're already a year into it. This right. is nothing new. Mom already said all the things that were happening in her chart, in addition to the eclipse. So this is not like, oh, <laughs> the you know eclipse what? did it, but it didn't. You know that is it. so important what you just said. Yeah. It's the layering. Yeah. Right. It's the layering of, okay, this is the backdrop energy. And then you have all this other stuff on top of it. That's where you get these big explosive events. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Well. Well, you know, uh, there's solar, the solar eclipse you've already mentioned is approaching October 25th. And we'll do, we'll talk more about that in another episode, but this was, it's happening at two degrees Scorpio. That would mean that it's, you know, opposing the queen's sun by two degrees. That's tight. Yes. When eclipse that's tight. Remember, uh, and if you, if you've been listening, you know, eclipses particularly affect heads of state. Royalty, leaders, the top of the heap, the person that is the spokesperson for a country, the face of a country. Yeah, we've done some interesting episodes that talk about how the majority um, of the kings, the queens, the princesses, princesses were all born under eclipses or passed under eclipses. It does. It shakes. It rocks their world. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So again, they're they're ultra sensitive to this energy, but, you know, I have had some major things happen myself under Mm -hmm. these energies. It has signified breakups. It signified leaving a job. So it can suggest the final era of something. Absolutely. Yeah. And we have to remember, we're going to be talking more about this. We already introduced Saturn is going in for that last square to Uranus. Mm-hmm. Remember, we spoke, it's not going to be an exact hit, but it's coming like within a half a degree of so that's, again, that's very strong that we're under that influence already that will be strong through uh, kind of October 23rd, somewhere around there. And if you have planets sitting at 18 degrees to 25 degrees of any of the fixed signs, Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius. You're being greatly affected. And guess guess who has a number of planets sitting in that area? The queen. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Saturn is the old coming up against the new. And gosh, just with the um, just what the Queen Elizabeth did this past week, she welcomed in her 15th prime minister, a woman wow. who, oh, wow. by the way, is also considered highly unlikely that mm. this woman has landed as the PM of the UK. So very interesting because how appropriate bookend event, right? Right. Elizabeth became a queen kind of unexpectedly. Didn't, you know, she was 25. Most people thought, what could she do? Right. <laughs> what could she do to lead the country? Right. Yep. And here we have Elizabeth holding out condoning, welcoming the new PM, prime minister, 
in a woman, again, kind of an unlikely person that has a rose up through the ranks. That is pretty incredible because you think, you know, someone passing that maybe, you know, they've been struggling for some time. So to think that she just did this here recently, <laughs> it, it is really a final bookend event to her story. That's right. Isn't it? I think something cute that we um, haven't spoken on yet is we just passed the full moon. Well, when you're listening, we just passed the full moon as we're recording this. It is about two days away um, in the full moon that is happening in Pisces um, is going to be conjuncting the queen's Venus, you know, and obviously there's going to be many condolences, many flowers in her honor, uh, you know, a big, beautiful spectacle, I'm sure that we will be seeing here over the next uh, few weeks. So, you know, it does kind of, it does honor her Venus as she has, uh, as she passes on. You know, Kate, think about how many million flowers are going to be laid at her wherever outside the palace or Balmoral, wherever, you know, everywhere. Yeah. Well, and Venus is like dreamlike. It's, well, you know, it's, it's hard to grasp even. And yeah. just, I, I'm sure the rows and the layers and the square yeah. footage that even oh, those gosh. things will take up. Yeah. yeah. Her Venus is in Pisces. So, you know, which is considered exalted. Yeah. So she's going to get the grand, the grandest of send offs. Right. So Um, I think let's change gears a little bit. Let's talk about um, Queen Elizabeth's story a little bit and how it plays into her chart. And then, of course, if you're listening and you have these things in your chart, know that these things are playing out in your life as well. Now, just because you have some of these degrees, of course, doesn't guarantee that you're going to be a queen or princess, (laughs) but it is really cool to look at people. these celebrity figures, right? Because they play out the storyline so large that it's hard to miss the story where sometimes when we're talking to just a client, the story can be a little bit more mundane, maybe not as wow factor, but when they're in the news, when they're in the spotlight, these stories are definitely amplified. Oh, that's, that is so true. So that's why they, that's why astrologers rely on celebrities because they're zany. They do things over the top. They have big budgets. So if they're going to make a big financial mistake, they're going to make a huge one. Mm-hmm. That we're all going to hear about, you know, whereas if you or I make a big financial mistake, we're going to try to bury it. We're right. not going to let everyone know, so to speak. So interesting, but yeah, let, let, so let's start with this idea. If you have Uranus in your third house. Okay. That would be something that maybe a lot of people can find easily on their chart. Kind of where is your Uranus at? That was that was a key point uh, for Elizabeth. That Uranus in the third, that placement immediately says that people are going to question you. How did you get to be the boss? Mm-hmm. How did you get that raise? How did you afford this house, nice house you live in? You're going to find yourself continually kind of having to prove yourself. Well, it makes it the unlikely candidate. Yes. Or the unexpected candidate. Yeah. 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 So you have to kind of continually prove yourself over and over and over again. Right. Well, I think all of us could say, oh, yeah, Queen Elizabeth had to do that. She had to prove herself over and over. But when we see the backstory, she was not, when she was born, she was not 
like they were thinking this is going to be, she's going to be the queen someday, right? right? It all happened because of some odd story, unlikely story of her uncle. Her uncle was the king, King Edward VIII. And he abdicated his throne because he fell in love with a commoner and a divorcee, mm. Wallace Simpson, and she was from the US. And he, he, he couldn't marry her as the king. He had to leave. So he abdicated. The throne then got transferred to Elizabeth's father, King George VI. Well, interesting yes. because we're talking about Uranus. You know, Uranus yeah. does rule antisocial behaviors. Oh. Um, you know, marrying a divorcee nowadays is usually no big deal. Um, you know, yeah. for most people, of course, if you're heavy into religion, there could still be some right. about that. But back then, you know, oh. that was totally antisocial. Like, what are you doing? Very unexpected behavior yeah. that someone did in order <laughs> for it to yeah, play out in her chart. Yeah, in order to push Elizabeth over into the being an heir to the throne. Yeah. So it took an antisocial behavior to yeah. create. That's Uranus. Uranus does not um, does not you know fall in line with tradition. There's usually some big upset. Mm-hmm. So she was an unlikely candidate. Can you imagine if a 25 year old became president of the United States, for example? Right. So like, holy crap! You know, we would think the worst, right? Yeah. Well, 25, she became the queen. Right. So totally, there had to be a lot of naysayers and people thinking this meek, appeared to be meek, Mm -hmm. mild-mannered woman. Is she qualified? Is she qualified? That had to be, she had to ask herself that, I'm sure, as well. Absolutely. So So we can say that to anyone with Uranus in the third house. Yeah you might feel like you've had some unusual stories about how you've gotten somewhere. So that, again, we've, we're talking about a big storyline here, but that could be, oh, I came from, you know, a divorced household. I didn't have an education. I, you know, I worked my way through college on my own. I have this big position now, like that you were the unlikely one that people might say, how did you do that? That's very unexpected based on your upbringing or based on the situation that you came from. Oh, yeah. And, you know, another interpretation of that Uranus in the third house is generally you have a sibling that's outrageous in some way, Mm -hmm. which, again, for those who know Elizabeth's story, Princess Margaret, her younger sister, uh, she had a did a lot of alcohol. She did a lot of sexual flings, affairs, the wild 60s and 70s. Uh, She, you know, she dated a gay man, you know, I mean, she was like, for it was way beyond her times or the culture's times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she, yeah, was, right. she was, you know, she was, a, she was decades ahead. Yeah. And um, we know from at least the portrayals we've seen in the documentaries is that, you know, Elizabeth was embarrassed. She mm-hmm. had to rein her sister in. She had to tell her sister, no, you cannot marry uh, a divorcee. She wanted to do it. Oh, and she forbade the marriage. Again, a, a wild sibling. It doesn't mean that they're bad people. It just means they're wild. They go up against the structures, the traditions, things of that nature. Well, so the reason we're saying that is Uranus is the untraditional. It's the chaotic. It's the unexpected. The third house rules how we prove ourselves. So we've talked about that. Third house also rules siblings. 
So that's where we're pulling that in. I don't know. People with Uranus in the third house could also feel like they attract very wild neighbors (laughs) or very untraditional neighborhoods. You know what? And they may, they may have unusual vehicles. They may drive. I mean, look at Prince, look at Elizabeth. She goes around in a carriage, horse-drawn <laughs> carriage as her notable. That's the yeah. big image. They're not going to show pictures of her driving a, a Chevy a Ford. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? These are, I, I mean, I'm, I don't even know. I'm, I'm going to say BMWs, but I'm not even sure what the I don't either. high-end car would be that should be driving in. Oh, but a Porsche or something? One of a kind, yeah, a Porsche. One of a kind vehicles. That's what she travels in. That's yeah. Uranus. Yeah. And yeah, probably so, has spent a lot of time on airplanes, right? Yeah. So a modern day interpretation might be that you might get the bright blue car, right? Mm-hmm. Where most people lean towards black or gray or white. You oh. might have a color that stands out. You might, again, go for the unlikely vehicle that other people aren't necessarily attracted to, um, or it's not mainstream. Well, it could be the first to have, the first in the family to have an electric vehicle. Oh, yeah. First one to have a convertible. Or those cute little cars that I see driving around. What are their names? They're really small, small little cars. Oh, I can't think it's blanking out many, but they're really odd. They look like oversized baby buggies on the road. Oh yeah. I've seen those. I don't know what those are. Or, you know, I'm sure in the, in the back in the day, it was, you know, the Volkswagen Beetle to be driving one of those around, you know, or a vintage car, Uranus in the third house, how they get around very unique transportation. Yeah. Isn't that fun? It I mean, fun. it's kind of mundane, kind of, you know, know, boring stuff. It's interesting when you see that everyone's doing what they're doing, I think sometimes for a reason. No, I agree. That's not something that I get on the phone with clients <laughs> and say, hey, what kind of car do you drive? I'm assuming it's unusual, you know, but it is just a fun piece of like, oh, because in the big scheme of things, most people, when they call they they want to know, am I getting divorced? Am I getting Uh-oh. married? Am I moving? Right. Am I going yes. in the right direction? They right. don't care what you think about their car. That's right. That's so, right. That's right. There's sometimes not room to talk about that kind of stuff in a consult. Yeah. yeah. So here's the deal. The Uranus in her third house did not say, oh, she's going to become a queen. That, that by itself did not make her no. a queen. It just said, she was going to be put in an unlikely scenario. People are going to question, how did you end up here? Mm-hmm. How did this ever happen? What really, really cl- saved her was that Uranus energy uh, ties to her Jupiter and her Mars conjunction in the second house. And that Jupiter-Mars conjunction is considered very lucky for people to have it. They're going to go far in life. Probably mm-hmm. they're going to travel a lot, number one, but literally from what they accomplish, what they do, they have tenacity, they have drive, they have the patience. It's a wonderful sign. And in the second house, that's where the castle shows up. That's where the trappings, that's where the crown starts showing up, right? Because it's ultra indulgence and basically wealth. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if we go and look at her midheaven, Mm-hmm. Um, she, her midheaven, uh, sits at 25 degrees of Scorpio, uh, Saturn does sit pretty close to her midheaven as well. So this does make her a uber, uber responsible person, even in childhood, right? So if we saw that in a client's chart, we might say, oh, you know, mom might've been working two jobs. And so you were doing the laundry or you were putting dinner on the table that there were extra responsibilities that fell onto your shoulders with the Saturn so close to someone's midheaven. Um, 
well and that anyone, should... anyone listening has got look at your chart if yep. you have saturn within you know certainly within five degrees but i'd go out to eight degrees eight degrees close around that midheaven you probably stepped up when you were a kid mm-hmm. and did things that maybe in other households the dad was doing it mm-hmm. so whether it is you were uh you know making dinner whether you were the one cleaning the kitchen up afterwards, whether you were the one that on Saturdays you were cleaning the house, um, that's a Saturn energy. Having, stepping up and taking on responsibility. And there's two sides to it, of course. Uh, you know, you could resent it. Right? Sure, yeah. And the other side is you might get a lot of accolades like, oh, I am impressed. Boy, you you deliver the newspaper at 7 a.m. in the morning and then go to school. You know, depending upon the environment you're in, you could get a lot of praise and you might just soak that up. Right. Or you could be resentful that your friends are all, you know, lollygagging around and you're out working already. Right. So if you know your chart, absolutely just find out if Saturn's sitting near your, your midheaven and then look to see if you have 25 degrees of Scorpio um, or Taurus in your chart. And uh, if you were born like May 16th or November 18th, that means that your sun would sit at this degree that we're about to talk about. Again, this is going to be the queen's midheaven, but we want uh, we want this to be a learning experience as well um, for how maybe you live out this energy. Um, So before we get into the meaning of that midheaven, I think just a really simple exercise is the midheaven does suggest someone's kind of public future, public future or public arena, things that they do that other people can see. It's not necessarily an emotional thing. It's, it's out there. It's being publicized. It's being put on Facebook. It's being put in the tabloids. People can see what's going on from the outside. It's and, usually sometimes even public documents, documents that you can go down to the courthouse, look it up. Right. Oh, they got divorced. Oh, they got married. Oh, they sold this. You know, things that are of the public record. Yeah. So it sits at 25 degrees, Scorpio, her midheaven. So this is the exercise is just take the degree that your midheaven sits at. So if it sits at 10, 15, 20, and then start multiplying that and find out what happened at those years. So we're going to do the example with her 25, what happened to her at 25, what happened to her at 50, what happened to her at 75. But if your midheaven sits at 10, you could say 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years old. You could do 12, 12, 24, 36, right? Just a math game. You what know happened? your multiplication tables well, Kate. <laughs> okay. okay. I use some easy ones, but so we could see what those key years for the queen at 25 Midheaven sits at 25, at 25 years old, she became queen. I mean, that's like amazing. Yeah. But again, we goes back to the fact that Saturn sits with her midheaven. So that's unheard of, basically, Mm -hmm. to become queen at 25. Right. But it it would need to be someone who's highly mature and has a destiny of being showing leadership and responsibility. So then what happened at 50? Well, 50, we had a party called the Silver Jubilee. Again, she got worldwide attention. I mean, it happened to her at 25, worldwide attention. Every mm-hmm. you know newspaper out there was talking about this. Yep. At age 50, every newspaper was talking about the Silver Jubilee. And then when we went on to uh, 75, then she had the Golden Jubilee. 
So the Golden Jubilee was celebrating um, the 50 years, the silver was the 25 years. It just worked so effortlessly for her. Right. So if we get into that 25 degrees of Scorpio Taurus, again, if you were born on May 16th or November 18th, this is your sun sign. However, you could have any planet sitting at this degree in your chart. So you look at your moon, your Saturn, your Venus, Jupiter, you might have this degree in your chart. And, you know, a big point of this degree is the neck. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know it's kind of a simple thing to, to start with. But when we have clients that have this degree, uh, we might say, well, what's with your neck? Either do you have a lot of neck issues? Oh, strep throat. Oh, uh, yeah, I've, I broke my neck. I've had clients say that, um, I know. Um, or I always wear scarves around my neck and it was interesting because I couldn't find a picture of the queen without her wearing a necklace around her neck. Very good. That's astute. That's, that's, that's great. But I yeah, would be curious what other health maybe well, things I've spoken to people about, oh, do you wear a scarf a lot? Do you insist on wearing turtlenecks or do you hate turtlenecks and you need a big open neckline? Because there's some sensitivity around that area, mm-hmm. feeling the need to protect it or the need to ex- expose it. Or adorn it. Or adorn it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Wow. Well, this energy, uh, so we're talking 25, you know, Taurus or Scorpio. Um, oftentimes, and the biggest one is the person may feel stuck. Mm-hmm. But um, another word to say would be duty bound, meaning I have to do this. It's Saturday, I've got to go do this event. And then there's another event Saturday night, and there's another event Sunday morning. I never get a day off. Well, right. I'm sure the queen thought that many times, duty bound. Mm-hmm. If we go and, back, go ahead. Okay. Well, I was just going to add that, you know, she, and, and this is a long going issue because she's not the prime minister. She's not setting, she's not telling people, she's not setting laws and right. But she was acting kind of as a muse. Mm. The prime ministers, again, as that's been shown in the document would, you know, come weekly to her office and sit in front of her and they would be talking about things. She could not tell the PM, this is what you need to do. Oh, she insists that she just sat there and talked with them and uh, pointed out all the aspects that she thinks they should take into consideration. Okay. So she was amused. Yeah. And that's what, that's what 25 Taurus Scorpio is. Yeah. Well, I was going to go back to that neck idea because we oh, talked yeah. about just the physical neck. Oh yeah. But we also have to think about the throat, about this. We speak right from the throat, the throat chakra. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah and yeah, so yeah. this does put a lot of focus on media or speaking out or big announcements. So this is classic that people with this degree either serve on boards. Mm-hmm. Uh, they determine the common good for people. Uh, right. They act as some sort of watchdog, if you will. So Ooh, that's a good word. Watchdog. I like that. Yeah. So we can see how the queen has done that. We don't have to go into detail about that, but Again, if, if you're sitting with this degree and this is, it's being activated, you might be saying, oh, I'm joining the board for the HOA. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm making a big announcement. Oh, I'm, I'm known for my, my headshot, you know, that my face is out there. So ties in with the neck. We can talk about the physical side or we can talk about, well, what does that look like um, in our actions? 
You know what? And the, the, this, this degree is always very sensitive about privacy, mm -hmm. a need for privacy or holding is trying to hold information back, personal information about oneself. Uh, it's interesting because it's also associated with uh, photographers. It's associated with telephoto lenses. It's associated with security cameras. It's associated with spying, people looking. So this queen faced all that, all the cameras taking her shots, you know, uh, think of those uh, telephoto lenses. Yeah. Not just her, the whole royal family, but it's her. It's, it's in her chart that people want to see her in every application. Yep. They want to see her without makeup on. They want to see her with, with a, with her hat on crooked. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> All those things. And yet there's a great need for privacy. And we know she's got queen lived it out to the T with the, with the palace. Mm hmm the Buckingham palace and the guards and all that stuff, even though she did have a couple of major intrusions over the year where people jumped the fence and got in. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to move to her ascendant or is there anything else you want to throw in about her midheaven? Well, I just want to say one more thing about the midheaven. It, that, that's degree. Anyone who has this in their chart makes you, 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 you help people make transitions, go through stuff. So just think about that. She did it by, she had 15 prime ministers that served. So she helped them transition into their position. Then she ushered them out. And then she ushered the oh, yeah. next one in. So yeah. she was, she did that all the time. Okay. So if we change gears then and start talking about her ascendant, her ascendant set, sits at 21 degrees of Capricorn. Ooh, so I love to talk about this degree. Yeah. So um, again, look into your chart. Do you have anything at 21 degrees of Capricorn or cancer? And specifically those born on probably January 12th or 13th. Mm -hmm. or July 14th or 15th, this would be your sun degree. So if you've never seen a copy of your chart and you're like, I don't even know what that means. I don't know where to start. At least right. if you were born on these days, we know your sun sits there. However, any planet could sit at this degree. Right. Um, so this also shows a lot of themes that were happening in her chart. And yeah, I mean, I'm like, where do we want to start with this one? Well, can I just start with this? Yeah. This is the degree that I was investigating earlier this year. And I put out a call for anyone born January 12th or 13th. Yeah. Give me a call. I want to talk to you. And, and I did. There were some gracious people that gave up 30 minutes of their time. And, and I, had, I told them about what I thought was going on in their life themes. And then they confirmed it with oftentimes real great stories. Mm -hmm. So this is kind of a racy degree to have, which I thought was interesting. Um, um, so we can start, uh, th that generally represents someone who's going to be around a lot of anti-social behaviors. Yeah. So affairs, tragic losses, mental instabilities, Yeah, you know, people I'm sure can already just think about, you know, a lot of the stories that we've heard come out of the Royal family, princess Diana, there has been a lot of tragedy, tragedy associated uh, with yes. the things that and her husband through. and the affairs he had and who he was hanging out with his her sister what she was up to yeah uh, obviously her son and his affairs that long-term affair he was having and yeah. then diana with bulimia right you know these were uh, again at the time we're all like you know 
wow, those are, these are, they, they still are. A lot of them are still big, big topics. Right. So here she is, this very prim, proper, strong, enduring mm-hmm. woman. You know, we oftentimes, I mean, I'm sure I wasn't the only one. Somebody's like, God, I feel sorry for her. You know, this all has to be splashed out on the paper every morning when she picks it up. Right. So it, even though she did was the face of stability, she had a little bit of a circus going on around her, her entire life. Yeah. And that idea we've, I mean, we've talked about it already in her chart. So again, sometimes if you just have it one point in your chart, you might think like when we were talking about Uranus in the third house, someone might've yes. been listening and saying, I have Uranus in my third house, but I don't think it's that crazy. Right. Okay? Yes. And then right. the queen has that Uranus in the third house and this ascendant. And this which this ascend this ascendant degree is associated with not looking your age, not acting your age, having very age inappropriate occurrences. Yes. So now yeah. you put these together and we talk about, oh, her midheaven sits at 25 degrees. She has Uranus in her third and an ascendant that pr- kind of promises that she's going to have age inappropriate occurrences. And then she becomes the queen at 25. It's pretty wild. And then lives to be 96 sitting on the throne. She didn't yeah. retire. That's true. That was age inappropriate. That's true. Right? Yeah. Yeah. She yeah. had it at the front end and she had it at the back end. So right. again, if you have this, if you have this degree, 21 Capricorn, Kate said it already, January 12th, 13th birthdays, July 14th, 15th birthdays. Though you, we know you have it, this yeah. quality. Um, one of the cuter, softer interpretations is with this energy is I asked everyone in that little interview thing I did, everyone like, do you have some place that you go back to? Do you have some other place on earth that you feel like that is home? Mm. That is where I need to go to. And I got some crazy responses of people that were very specific uh, about where they went. One person told me of a, a particular cemetery in the Los Angeles area where a famous musician is buried and he can makes a kind of a pilgrimage to go back to that grave site. That's just an example. But for the queen, it was Balmoral, mm. her home, going back to, even though we associate always, oh, she's at the palace, isn't she? Yeah. <laughs> the queen's at, I mean, it's growing up as a kid, right? Or even a young adult. I thought, oh, the queen's at the palace. Where else would she be? And isn't that where she returned home today for she, her passing? Last week, yeah, she returned yeah. home to Balmoral. So it represents someone who's a, who's a time traveler, which I know that sounds odd to say, but it's someone who oftentimes gets steeped in history, gets lost in another century. Well, one look at her homes and decorating. Yeah, you are lost in history. You know, you're in a t- another time frame. Yeah. And I wanted all to give colonies that she ruled at one point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and she would go in and out of these countries and, you know, it was a different whole different cultural world. Yeah. I wanted to give some examples for people who have this about that age inappropriate occurrences, right? Yeah. So yeah. yeah, you could have easily gotten into the workplace younger than your friends. Maybe you don't retire like, like that queen, the queen's example, but you know, mm-hmm. I've seen people with this degree where they have a, their first child at a very, very young age yeah, and then they have their last one. child, maybe, you know, again, age inappropriate. I don't know if that's like necessarily the right term, but you know, right. maybe a child at, at 40 where, yeah. oh, most people aren't doing that. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we talk about being ahead of your time, we're being kind of stuck in that historical timeline. Like we see with the queen, I see people who they're very into vintage clothing or they have decked out their house in mid-century modern where they've essentially established themselves in a different timeline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, and then uh, if I could move on to another aspect about this, this degree, still the same people we're talking to here, right. this oftentimes is um, sometimes it's abandonment issues, but specifically oftentimes regarding the father. Mm. So it, it, te- it doesn't mean that father abandoned, literally walked out the door, but in Elizabeth's case, of course, he died unexpectedly. She did not know that her father was that close to death. She left. She was off with Prince Philip on a world tour. She never would have left had she known that her father was that close to de- to dying. Mm-hmm. He he hit it. He hit it obviously purposely from everyone. But um, yeah, what was the role of the father? Usually, there's some very unusual role models, and her father is an interesting story in itself. Right. But um, we're not going to go down that path. But um, uh, so usually there's something uh, odd or unusual about the parents, uh, their activities, what they do, what they didn't do. And just dying early is an example of it. Right. Right. Because he passed then at 25, obviously, when she moved into that role. Is yeah, that correct? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he died. at Yeah. She was 25 when he passed. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So he, exactly. again, it's not abandonment, but someone's story could be abandonment. Um, and with her, it just, you know, he left sooner than most people lo- lose their parents. Well, conti- for specifically because of the duties that fell on her shoulders. Right. Right. You know, she was a young newlywed. Absolutely. Yeah. So hopefully everyone could find a little bit of Elizabeth within them. That would be really yeah. cool. Right. I think, I mean, I, I'm studying the bar high now. I don't <laughs> think that, you know, can you see yourself? Have you learned something maybe potentially about yourself, you know, that you saw now in hindsight, Elizabeth was our role model. I mean, you know, like I said, I got a little teary eyed today when at her passing, I just, and I just you know, felt sorry. I thought there was great significance with the new prime minister coming in, a woman, mm-hmm. uh, you know, younger woman coming in and our old matron exiting. Right. The handshake, the welcome, she went to the, to meet her, you know, and then, you know, she goes off to Balmoral and passes. I mean, nice. wow. Wow. Yeah. Well, we just want to thank the queen for her service. And of course, just hope that she has just an easy transition on to her next, her next life or next duties, if you will. Absolutely. Well, some, yeah, there's probably more royalty in her future. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So yes, thank you so much for joining us. We do have just a couple announcements. If you've been listening for a while, you probably know, but first we still have some openings for um, our upcoming feng shui zoom class. It's Friday, the 16th at 3 PM, uh, very small classes you submit pictures of your space of an area that you're struggling with. And mom and me will be doing basically on-site, on-site consults um, for you. And it's just an easy way to not feel overwhelmed where we're coming into your space and seeing everything that's going on. Um, some pe- times it's easier just to take a little chunk off. So I will link uh, the link to the tickets for that um, in the bio of the podcast. And if you haven't already signed up for planets and predictions. I'm one of the guest speakers, um, on this summit. It starts on the 19th of this month. Um, it's free event. 
All you have to do is put in your name and your email. You'll get all the links to everyone's talk. And that is basically your first look at 2023, even before mom and me are bringing it to you. Uh, we have this summit talking about what to expect. Um, there's all sorts of people from astrologers, of course, feng shui consultants, um, healers, psychics, all bringing uh, their knowledge about what to expect as we go into next year. Uh, the link for that will also be in the com- in the bio of the podcast. Anything you want to add, mom, before we close out? Nope. Long live the queen. Oh, no. Now it's long live the king. Oh, it's yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. Now it's long live the king. Okay. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Well, thank you guys. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the mom and me astrology podcast to keep in touch. Follow us on social media at the underscore Kate wind. And to see a list of our services and our store, you can visit our websites at the katewind.com or maryswick.com. We'll talk to you next week.